Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. In the immortal words of Lou Brown from Major League, Three in a row is a winning streak. So I guess four in a row means you're on a roll. Texas is now a four-game winning streak, the longest for this program since 2013 after a 1914 win over Kansas State. We no longer have to talk about the streak. We no longer have to talk about the last time Texas won a football game in Manhattan, Kansas, being when Rod Babers was wearing a jersey. Yeah, man. I, I, listen, I, I don't uh, claim any... Um, any, I don't care any pride from that win. I'm glad Texas got the win. I didn't want to be the last person to beat K State in the Little Apple. Right. It's not like the undefeated Miami Dolphins where we pop champagne every time Texas loses at K State. No, <laughs> I'm happy that Texas got the win. It was ugly. We knew it was going to be ugly. Yes. Um, and Texas, hey, it, it, it's hard to win there because we hadn't done it in 16 years. So to me, hey man, that, that's growth. Hate we'll, to sound like Tom Herman. But we'll gross. discuss the K State win and get ready for our favorite week of the year. It's OU week, eleven o'clock Cotton Bowl on Saturday morning. Gosh, and this is you know mm. both teams are ranked for the first time since twenty twelve. That game didn't go so mm. well for Texas, but this is the first time, guys, in a long time, like on a Monday, yeah, man. that I felt it. Like man, it's OU week. Yeah, game. Yeah, ESPN game day is going to be in town. Be I agree. That's big. It fit, well, see, that's that's part of being the uh, you know bringing both of you know bringing both of these programs back to the point where both of them, Oklahoma's done their part, where both of them are nationally prominent, and where the national title conversation at least goes through the Texas OU game at one point. You have to have it, and that's why game day's in town. That's good. Well, like, game game day's in town largely because Texas is on a roll, four in a row. And let's talk about this K State win, guys. Rod, as you said, it was ugly. I didn't think Texas was going to cover. That was more doing with my respect to K-State and Bill Snyder and how tough it is to beat K-State at home. You want evidence of how tough it is to beat K-State at home? Try beating a team that's not charged with a single penalty the entire game. Which I I don't think I've ever seen that before um, in a college game. But, hey, I will say this. That's a little bit of home cooking. That's the kind of crazy stuff happens with the yeah. Purple Kryptonite, man. That's the kind of adversity you have to overcome there. And that's kind of what that game was about, just kind of overcoming the adversity. That was a big part of it, too. It's a kind of win, though, that shows growth in team, Rod. They got up early. It's really like Texas hasn't won games before under Tom Herman. They got up early and then yeah. had some adversity, had to come back late. And where you see the growth is – I'm not sure the team we saw last year or the team we even saw against Maryland, I'm not sure they win that game. Maybe they find a way to lose it. Maybe the defense gives up an explosive play or Sam Ellinger turns the ball over or something just inexplicable happens. Mm -hmm. But the defense gets a stop. K-State has to punt the ball in the fourth quarter with 6.20 left on the clock, and K-State never got the ball back. Texas goes and kills the last six and a half minutes off the clock with a 10-play, 36-yard drive. We talk about this team finishing, finishing strong, finishing in a physical manner. Guys, this is the second week in a row where Texas walked off the field against two opponents that pride themselves on being physical, TCU and K-State. When Texas walked off the field and you said, yeah, Texas probably was the more physical football team. Yeah, when we're talking about the growth of the team specifically, I think you have to start with Sam Ellinger because, you know, he's bragging now about being able to kneel the ball at the end of games. Right. Yeah, yeah, which is – I think that's growth. Remember, you know, uh, you got to go back to the Maryland game where – he tries to explain away uh, a pick late in the game by saying, "Hey, man, I was I was just trying to make a play. You know what I mean? I was just trying to go out there and um, you know and 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 help the team. That kind of thing. Well, you know what I mean? That, that's that's great, but he was trying to do too much. Um, wasn't trusting his teammates enough. Um, these last drives where he's able to close out games, it's all about trusting his teammates. He's spreading the ball around, not trying to do too much, and most importantly, he's not turning the football over." And he's not hurting his team. What does he have? 128 pass attempts now without an interception. Yep. Third longest streak um, in in Texas football history. 
that's growth by Sam. I think he's he's lifting his baseline. You know, the, some players, and you know what, Deshaun Jameson is a primary example. Young players have this roller coaster of development mm-hmm. where you can see the highs in Deshaun Jameson, the punt return for a touchdown. Yeah. You see the highs, you're like, man, that guy's phenomenal. And then you see the lows. Literally, mm-hmm. a couple, few plays later, maybe a quarter later, they give him the reverse, and he decides he wants to be Deion Sanders. And it was and actually a recep- uh, reception, so it was like a was negative because uh, the barely yeah, new technicality. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it just goes down as like a negative seventeen yard yeah. pass, which makes no sense. Which makes no sense. Yeah, but you know what I mean. That's him trying to do way too much but being a young player so with Sam that was the case last year too and we would see the roller coaster right you see the highs in the Oklahoma game uh, but also the lows of the, the late turnovers versus Tech and versus Oklahoma State he doesn't have those late turnovers late in games anymore he's closing out games that's growth from Sam and here's where I think part of the growth is Rod we looked at it in their this staff is beating teams in different ways in terms of this offense isn't explosive, but I felt like – and Tom Herman admitted during the K-State game they got conservative, and he, if he had to do it over again, he probably wouldn't have for the middle portion of the game. Yeah. But you look at it, they've had three pretty distinctly different game plans against USC, against TCU, and against K-State. But this staff is getting much better at, number one, scouting beforehand and coming into the game with a really good plan, and two – identifying their playmakers. That's something we've talked about, but now with Keontae Ingram, with Lil' Jordan Humphrey, and with Colin Johnson, for the first time in a long time, Texas has skill guys that defenses have to account for, that yeah. defenses actually are worried about having to defend. No, I agree with you on that. I think you got guys, we talk about all the time, some guys that move the chain, some guys that change the game. Uh, Keontae Ingram is now one of those guys in the backfield. Uh, he's just got a burst. He's got a quicker step. You know what I mean? He can... He gets skinny at the right time. It's weird. He's got a strange body type to me for running back because he's not that big. He looks like he's big, but he's really not that big. His you know body I mean? type's real similar to the, like a Demarco Murray type. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like high he's cut, yeah. yeah, like he's not that big, but he's you know he's he One gets that can skinny at the right time. Yeah, but it's it's his it's his burst that separates him from the rest of those guys. And I agree with you, Lil Jordan Humphrey, and that's gonna be big in this game, Lil Jordan Humphrey. And I know we'll we'll get into the Texas OU game more, but Lil Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson. I mean, that OU secondary is susceptible, vulnerable yeah. to the pass, but not only that, to big receivers. You go, you go look at what uh, Hakeem Butler did for Iowa State against mm-hmm. them, yeah. and, you know, go look at uh, what Jalen Hurd did against them in uh, Denzel, 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 Mims. Denzel Mims. I mean, those are big receivers. It seems to me there's a trend. Big receivers have a lot of success against that OU pass defense. We got two of the best big receivers in the country. Yeah, and y'all brought up Ingram, and it's sort of r- worth pointing out. You look at him right now already, a guy averaging over six a carrier. If you look at highlight yards, he's leading the team. And if you think about it, that's a hampered version that's also as diminutive, the smallest version that we're going to have from a true freshman. So we're saying true. Hey, this is the floor of what he is in the potential. And his floor is better than all the running backs Texas has had in recent memory since Deontay Foreman and the best production we've had definitely since Deontay Foreman. And that's hampered and so young that he's just basically having to pick up concepts is the only thing keeping him off the field. The thing you like about Keontae Ingram is, you know, running back, as we say all the time, is one of those positions, maybe the most prominent position, where you can tell really early whether a guy's got it or not, how good he is. Because it translates pretty well. Deontay Foreman was like two carries at first. It was like 39 yards. Not even the two carries. I mean, Rod, you and I talked about it on the Rodcast this week. We were hearing in preseason his true freshman year, like, hey, I know you were talking about Jonathan Gray and Malcolm Brown. Uh, Foreman kid, kid, he's he's good. The guy out there, Casey Studdard, said it during that. It was, I think, that Rose Bowl show or one of those shows, and he was just like, oh, yeah, no, that kid's good. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree with you. And I know Tom Herman said, you know, we're trying to make sure that he learns all the different concepts and how the the blocking schemes and how the block is supposed to set up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's about vision, instincts, and footwork, and usually those things kind of come with the package. Yes. You know, you you can improve All those things come. They all kind of come. You know, Kyle Porter recently, uh, Tom Herman admitted that he may want to invoke I guess that's the new word now. Go for it. Invoke his red shirt. Yeah, I mean, that's what the players are doing. They're basically like. Because you finally have a right to do something. Yeah, he has a right to invoke. (laughs) So he's invoking his red shirt. And, you know, he's a guy. You can see everybody saw pretty early. Oh, he doesn't have the burst of, you know, some of the other backs. Yeah. And, you know, he has a certain kind of back. So, yeah, I think at running back position, you know, as long as the guy can stay healthy as a young guy. And it's weird that even Mac Brown had the same issue. 
you didn't want to put Sad Vincent out there it's early. Insane. And it's like, no, young you running backs, You got a finite amount play. of carries, man. Yeah. These guys, you let might not go. even get them till the end. Just yeah. get them out there and see what you got. I agree. And Keonta Ingram grasps conceptual football really well because the offense he played in in high school was a pro-style offense, and he had That's to learn awesome. early on about protections and mm-hmm. blitz pickups and nuances yeah. in the passing game. So I, I think he's going to be fine. But That means he should be on the field probably all the time going forward. Right. He's healthy. He's only been off because I guess he was they, they changes the, the offense, yeah. man. He literally changes the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Of the offense, a guy like that, you got to find a way to put him on the field more. And I know he's been limited because of injuries, but that's up to the coaches. You got to figure out now more creative way. If, if he's a little bit hampered, then maybe you don't give him the ball by banging him around as much um, inside the tackles. Maybe you find other ways in the passing How game they to threw get him, him the ball. this week for the yeah, first time. Maybe he's a jet sweep guy at times. You know, what I mean, like you got to find other creative ways right. to get him on the edge and give him the ball. Why not? You know, giving him kind of the the, the straight up pounding from running inside the tackles. I want to go back to Sam Ellinger for a minute because I talked about the game. Game plans. I talked about the fact that he's got skill guys. Defenses now have to account for that defenses fear, and it makes it easier to distribute the ball when you've got guys that you trust to go make plays. But Rod, people that knock Sam Ellinger that say, "Well, yeah, he's growing, but the numbers aren't great." No, he's got that post route. Right, he's leaving the post route. He's yep. leaving some meat on the bone. And is he perfect? Absolutely not. Are there no. areas where he can still improve and get better? Absolutely. But the thing you like about Sam Ellinger, there's two things that you love that we haven't seen from Texas quarterbacks in clutch moments in a long time. Number one, he's taking care of the football. And number two, when they need him to go make a play, he's making it. And yes. That third down pass he hit to Colin Johnson on that last drive, that that sealed the game. He's, I mean, he's been clutch on third down. He actually you know, is like one of the best third down quarterbacks in the Big 12. He's really, it's been really good at just converting. Whereas I think last year he was one of the worst. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. And so I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that he's, not to say he's been clutch yet because he's got to do it in, in a bigger game, I guess, but – I think down the stretch, like you said, he has made the 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 right play, and he's made it at the right time. And yeah. yeah, he's not a championship quarterback yet because you got to hit that post route when that guy's open. Devin Duvernay, we understand that to be a championship quarterback. But right now, he's playing at a level good enough for them to win games. We haven't seen the Texas quarterback kind of take this trajectory, this upward trajectory. Really, since David Ash in 2012 was the last time we saw it, and Always and they're, they're two yeah. different guys because Sam Ellinger, I think we can all agree the intangibles, those intangible qualities when you talk about leadership and moxie and all that stuff. I think he's on a much higher level. Than David, David Ash was. Personality. Because that's what we talked about. Yeah. You know, Mac Brown always talked about, Brian Harson always talked about, they're trying to get that out of him, trying to make him be a leader. Well, there's only yeah. so much you can, like, ask of your quarterback to become that guy. Yeah, he's got to change kinda, his personality. Right. You just cycle. have to naturally kind of be that guy. And I think Sam naturally is just that kind of guy. And, and, you know, we'll see. The thing I like about him going forward is hey, he's been in this OU game. He knows what this environment's going to be like. This is mm-hmm. true. So it's not going to be. You know, a shock to him. He'll come in, should come in, and you're mentally prepared and understanding what's ahead of him. But, Rod, I want to go to this defense against Kansas State, and it's kind of some give and take. You know, were there some breakdowns in a passing game in the second half? Yeah. Yeah. But here's two things I like about this defense. Last week against TCU and this week, and really, starting really in the second half against USC. When they're giving up explosive – well, let me start first with, with run defense – K-State earned every yard they got on the ground. Like, this yeah. team isn't getting gashed against the run. And, when again, when you can go match physicality with TCU, you can go match physicality with K-State. I, I trust that, you know, you're going to be pretty yeah. good they defending the run. They want to slow the, the game down. Oddly, play. it sets up well for this game against OU. That's very true. <laughs> it's very uh, odd. They, they, well, they want to play it in a phone booth. They right. want to play the game inside the phone. And, Texas, and, and take their shots. Texas mm-hmm. is, is comfortable doing that. They're comfortable. Texas, as as you pointed out, Texas is they're not really a prolific offense. They don't even when they're when they're when everything's clicking, it's not really designed to score a ton of points. It is designed designed to control the ball. Yeah. Which when they get into their four minute offense at the end of those games, and man, they can be brutal. They can wear, they basically can just, just milk the entire clock. This is what, half of the fourth quarter just yeah. disappeared. They just yeah, they can do that. They have this that is the identity of what Texas is right now, and this will evolve because I think this is you know Tom Herman doesn't. It's I compared it to like that. Dialogue at the end of the Dark Knight, where Commissioner Gordon, Commissioner Gordon is telling his son, "Like, yeah, he's the hero Gotham needs, Gotham deserves, just not the one it needs right now." Yeah, this is this isn't the identity Tom Herman wants, but it's the one he needs yeah. right now to win games. No doubt. 
Texas is doing what K-State's done for years. They're just doing it with better personnel. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Especially the way, and I, you know, they, the way they're utilizing, you know, Sam too, is that, you know, Sam is a football player. That's so why, you know, Sam gets to, to throw back passes and stuff yeah. like that. You know, they're going to throw stuff like that in for Sam all the time just because, like I said, he's a football player. You need a constructive outlet for some of his, you know, for that Bam Bam, bam Sam bam, to come bam. out. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I think that, yeah, I, I love the way they're right now using the offense. I do. I think it's, and now I would like it to be more prolific, but I'm with you. Those are just my expectations. I got to keep them reasonable. And that, the thing is, as long as they can they control the game, and that's what they've been doing. Yeah, you really can't ask for much more of it. And they're force feeding the ball to playmakers. We want to see more Keontae Ingram. They're force feeding the ball to Little Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson. Really they're, beautiful thing. This is this was never. I think people that are waiting on this offense to suddenly like be the 08 offense and just take off. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. that's and, not what this offense is going to be. Yeah. Matt, can you go over just some metrics to kind of show? Because we're we're five games into this thing, so we should have a pretty good idea yeah. of what this off- game winning streak of what this it, offense is it, and what it is. Yeah, yes. exactly. And if you look at over. Overall, like t- say, whenever you look at it, standard down, not a passing down. Top twenty-five, staying on schedule, being efficient, which is exactly like you're saying. Yeah. Being a, and that also lends you to good third down situations. Like you're talking about how Texas is good on third down. Well, right now, average third down distance, Texas is sixth in the nation, shortest to go, and then third and short percentage. That instead of looking at just the quantity, but actually go and look at percentage of the times that Texas is in third and short, they're nineteenth in the nation. And even when you get into third and down. And long, like you said, with Sam's ability, when they're in third and long, their success rate is 25th in the nation. So if your success rate on third and long is top 25, then you're getting into third and short more than anybody. That means you're keeping those chains going, which lends us to see those standard down efficiencies. Now the one thing, look at the explosivity. Texas 126th in the nation in rushing explosivity. And the explosivity, when you look at standard downs, 118th in the nation, which means we aren't just bad. We are at the bottom of all the teams, not even Power 5 teams. Yeah. So we don't explode, but the thing is, is we don't need to. That just shows why turnovers mean so much. We shorten these games. Tom Hurton cited yeah, a seven-possession game. He couldn't remember last time they had yeah. something like that. Yeah. So that means, think about it, you turn it over twice. You have five scoring. That that is literally like thirty percent. Thirty percent of your possessions, yeah. you're handing it over. If they get points off of that, that means you have to maximize. So it just shows that you can really do this against good teams and make them not as potent, which is awesome against Oklahoma. But it also shows your your errors are going to be magnified. It's what we've been talking about. Just happy to see that this team is performing well instead of in those situations last year when those mistakes were just. Brutal. I, I, I like yeah. what you bring up, Matt, about the third and longs because that shows growth in this offense from the standpoint that when they get into lulls, they've now got playmakers that can get them out yep. of those lulls and a quarterback that's protecting the ball that eventually he's going to find an open receiver or a running lane or something that's going to get a drive going. So that, that to me, is the most positive thing I've seen about this offense because think back to last year, how many times did we see this offense get into a lull where it's just this rut of yeah. just – five three and outs yeah. in a row yeah. and you're just not doing anything yeah and now the three and outs have gone down significantly mm-hmm. and now they're able to take these lulls rod which might now be instead of five or six drives which is the bulk of the drives you're going to get in the game now it might be one or two and then it's a sam ellinger run or a great catch by colin johnson or a keonta ingram run off the goal line that now boom you're and while you might not score on those drives at least now okay we're out we're, of the rut yeah. we've got some things that are going drive. we're back on track yeah it's a productive drive you can get guys in a rhythm and you can also start to see, you know, the, what you can exploit later on. That the, the thing that hurts you with three and out, so many things hurt you with three and out, but one of them is you don't have a sample to figure out what is working. Right. Because like, nothing's working. It's like, well, how do we figure out in a constructive way? How do we figure out how to attack them? How do we come up with a plan of attack to adjust? And you really have nothing. You kind of got to freestyle it. When you put together productive drives, yeah, you may not score on time or you may just get a field goal, but then you figure out, damn, we got to go back to the, what was working on that third drive, man. We we uh, we went off the right edge like three times and got seven, eight yards a pop. You know, you can figure out things that work. So I, I think for Texas – you can start to see – that's why they start to make some better adjustments, at least not in the K-State game, but on the offense, we're starting to see them make better adjustments too. Right. 
I think. And I that's why they were able to put together those those drives to be able to kneel and, and, and basically put a nail in the coffin late in games. And just to wrap up that offensive side thing, I didn't mention the passing offense. Also, I, if you were to say Texas would be 36th in the nation, nation in passing efficiency, that would surprise me coming into the season. That just on prior yeah. And that's where Texas is at right now. Now, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Surprising, but you get into the Big 12, that's very good. Now, if you could just add a couple of explosivity or if you get a special teams touchdown or a right. pick six that we saw from Stearns and stuff like that, those things can suck. Supplement your lack of explosivity on offense when you can actually turn. Well, Tom Harmon's teams are great at scoring non offensive touchdowns. And that's good. And yeah, Texas I mean, that's is good when they're an underdog. They so good stuff. Yeah, adding up. They have been. Our Todd Orlando's defense. And you realize your two yards, Caden Stern stepping out of bounds at the two yard line on an interception return against TCU away from having three games in a row where you've had a non offensive touchdown. You yeah. had the block field good goal point. return against SC. Great Stearns point. nearly had the interception return against yeah. uh, TCU. And then now with the John Jamison punt return. All by freshman. Uh, against, yeah, all by freshman. Yeah, that uh, wasn't here last year. The Deshaun Jamison punt return against K-State. And Rod, wow. I want to focus on the punt that return. Is, now that is It's telling. replacing your Holton Hill or whatever. I want to, we were watching I want to focus on the punt return really quick because I'm glad, and, and I'm sure it was this way last year. We didn't really hear about it under Charlie Strong, but it was this way under Mac Brown. The posse is back, and it's a thing. The posse for years was the punt return slash punt block team. And back in your day, it was like a badge of honor to be a member of the posse. Yeah, it was, uh, well, I, Coach Aquina was the coach for the posse, so you know Coach Aquina was. I mean, he's a madman about everything. <laughs> so he started recruiting like uh, like the best players to be on the posse. Like made like this what's the Dwayne Aquina pitch to be on the posse? Uh, well, it was just like, ah, man, you wanna be on what? The, the, you wanna be on a special team unit with the baddest mother <laughs> out here, man? We got all the money makers, we got the playmakers, man. Everybody's trying to be on this unit. So he would like, Thank yeah, it was, that. and it was. I mean, we got to the point where we started. We were blocking. I mean, we probably were one of the best punt return, punt block units in the country. It was the graphic on no ESPN doubt. for a decade was, is it, it Beamer Ball or Texas? Who has the most blocks in the no X doubt. amount of years? It was y'all had it for a brief time, and then Beamer Ball, he just keeps it up forever until, like, last year. Yeah, well, and I, I think a lot of theirs may have just been, you know, that's just a great culture they yeah. built there, and they do just have great special teams at Virginia Tech. It's known y'all for were that the Beamer best Ball. in the nation. But I think ours, I don't know if it was necessarily that much of the scheme that was great. He just started, he started bringing the best athletes. Texas has access to the best athletes in the country, Coach King was like, "Now nah, we're gonna put them all on the punt team." Hell, he had wide receivers and and and, and safeties and DBs and linebackers, but it was the best. All the guys wanted to be on that team. So at one point, I think it was like it was Michael Huff and like me and Nathan Vasher. Hell, that was a, I mean, it was it really was. It was intimidating out there, and we blocked a ton of kicks. And Tony Jeffrey was on there with you me. You start looking at the guys on this Texas punt return team, not just Deshaun Jameson returned. Yeah. Anthony Cooks on the punt return team, Josh Thompson on yeah. the punt return team, Joseph O'Sullivan. Size, so your your big skill and your skill athletes. That yeah, Josh are some Thompson of, showed out in that pump return. That man, anybody yeah. that missed it, go back and watch that because he makes the initial block right around the the catch the the catch radius, the halo area. Yeah, makes a block there, and before Deshaun Jameson's across midfield, Josh Thompson passes him and makes a block in front of him to help him finish the run. Yeah, like, I mean, and that's and that's, that's what you, in essence what the posse is, right? Ryan? That's what the posse is all about. Yeah, because that that guy will get he should be getting more love even than the returner on you know what I mean when they watch the film. All right, that kind of hustle because that's the reason that Deshaun James is able to take it. You know, was it ninety yards? Ninety yards, man, ninety yards. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so I I think it's great. Like, you, if Texas puts the best athletes on that team, they'll have one of the best punt return, punt block units in the country. It's just gonna happen because Texas has some of the best athletes. Period. And the thing about it is, we have starters on there, man. I, I, and they don't have a lot of starters on there. I don't think they just have some great athletes. Man, we have starters on our unit. But this is where again, you know I mean? those guys that they recruited in that 2017, 2018 recruiting class yeah. that can't get on the field yet this is a great way to no get it is a great way to do it i and know it's also sort but, of like how you saw a guy like i remember michael griffin when i watch back all of these texas games that they show all the time on lhn and yeah. you'll see the freshmen like i and i still remember being a kid from Bowie when michael's first game came in and seeing those guys on special teams but it seems as if sometimes these freshmen like say a guy like stearns uh, he may stay on as just because uh, like michael and Huff, oh, they no became doubt. the weapon and they love that role in the same way that you see in the nfl wide receivers like antonio brown and odell beckham being allowed to 
two return kicks just because it's like, yeah, you're risking injury, but it's just another football play. So if we're going out there and you can score on this football play, he's a football player and put him out there. So if he wants to do it and has the energy, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these guys, if that is the culture, sticking and staying with those roles the same way they did with Mac. You want playmakers on the field as much as possible, and those guys, man, are just playmakers. Nathan Vash was just a playmaker. Just get the ball in his damn hands or keep him out there on the field. And he he made plays all the time. So I think guys like that, who those those guys are instinctual. They're such great football players. Mm-hmm. Their instincts take over. And they want to so, play. Yeah, like you, exactly. You just got to let them go out. And special teams is all about, to me, it's all about guys who just have sheer athleticism. Like Josh Thompson, he's a guy that can show out on special teams. I think you let those guys go at it. I think it's, I think it's great. I really do. All right, it's time for our first break. But when we come back, more talk about the Texas win over Kansas State. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. I'm having a hard time grasping, Rod, how people are like mad about this win. Like Texas fans should know how tough it is to go win in Manhattan. This, they knew this game was going to be an ugly game. Yes, with a 19 nothing lead, would you have liked to have seen Texas score 30-something points and blow Kansas State out? Absolutely. How often does that happen? It, it never. Rare, rarely does it ever At happen. The lap never. Rarely never. does it ever happen. <laughs> never. To, I mean, no, I mean, what pl- played out was exactly sort of what we said. Exactly. Like I remember saying that we'd get out in front and then Texas is going to give up their lead and then end up winning by a point. So, so I think this is go. just a win where just look, just take it take the and, win, and be happy with it, take it and understand it wasn't perfect, but damn it, it's a win, and it beats the hell out of the alternative. Yeah, don't complain about it. It's four in a row. This was going to be K-State's last gasp. Like, and we talked about that, and I'm glad Tom Herman said after the game what we talked about going into the week, and he said Mac Brown told him, and Rod, I know that's something yeah. Mac used to tell you guys all the time. Yep. The K-State game you saw, the K-State team you saw on film against – West Virginia and Mississippi State was not the same K State team you're going to see on Saturday. That they was weren't. their that was their last gasp. Like had they beaten Texas, they play Baylor this week. That turns our season around, and then all of a sudden, hey, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves sitting there, you know, four and two, and you know mm-hmm. maybe we can do some nice things the rest of the way. Yeah. Now, I mean, you kind of see where their season's headed. Where now they got three losses, and you're thinking, okay, they need to win X number of games, or they need to beat such and such team to to make sure they're both eligible and and whatnot. So that just kind of shows you the desperate mode K-State was in and for Texas to go win that game and again it just says a lot about the growth of this team that I like the fact that they're built to win ugly and it's almost like this team relishes the ability to like win ugly. No, no, no I totally agree I, and I'm not I'll play devil's advocate here and yes it's I your totally QB's agree identity. yes I totally agree with you I don't know why Lohan fans are complaining about a win at K-State I mean are, you, are we are we there already? Are we, we started that this show not, and man. it was a decade before we started this show back in 2000 12 that Texas had even won there. You were playing there. I Watch was playing. Him, the field how, goal. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to turn 38. And in, in, uh, actually, on Texas OU, uh, on the day we ah. played Texas OU, I turned 38. All right? So think about how long ago that was. But anyway, I digress. My, my point being, um, I think Lohan fans are upset. I mean, you think about it. That K-State tight end or whatever it is catches that touchdown pass. All right? On fourth down. All right? Different situation. Different game. Yep. It, you know what I mean? Like, if uh, Chris Boyd, if they, just, if they just keep coming after Chris Boyd. I don't even know why they stopped. I I would have just kept, I would have just kept giving them just double moves and stutter moves. We'll talk he, about he, that here in a second. He was having yeah. he was having and I he was having a crisis of confidence. <laughs> I can tell you, as a corner, it was happening. Mm-hmm. Usually, when you see a corner having that kind of crisis, you just keep coming. You just demolish Attack the it. confidence. You just keep attacking him because he's not trusting his technique anymore. You know, what I mean, he he's not trusting his technique anymore. He's his eyes are all over the place now. He's I would have trying kept, to make up. They for didn't with they didn't keep coming after him. I think Anthony just started Skyler Thompson and sprinkled in Alex Delton as opposed to starting Alex Delton and then putting in And Scott that was Thompson. when Delton was best you, last time. Yeah, you probably got like a matchup more like last year where that's what they did, had Jesse Erson, they sprinkled in Alex Delton. That would have been a better recipe. Right. So there are, it, 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 there are a few, if you don't have the non-offensive touchdown, <laughs> Dr. Sean James with a 90 yards, there are a, a And if Tom two, Herman does not again, by his own admission, get really conservative. If it's three or four plays mm-hmm. that really, and that, every, hell, every coach will say, hey, three or four plays that get a determinant game. Three or four plays flip or one or two plays flip in K-State's way mm-hmm. in their favor. 
eh, it could have easily gone the other way. So I can see some Lohan fans saying, you know, it, it that could have easily gone the other way. Going against OU, you maybe want more. Uh, you, 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 I would say you make more on a more, I don't say, a more substantial win, I guess. Right. But I'm with you. I, I take it either way. Yeah, and I think I it's more it uh, maybe off of what your expectation is because it's you true. don't want to be results-based, and I don't think we're being results-based in it being that, oh, Texas won, it's all good because we always come in here and talk more so less about the actual results but what yeah. played out on the way there and mm-hmm. the volatility involved. And it's good to see that this game was one where, you know, it's sort of what you expected, but if your expectations were different and you thought Texas should beat up this K-State team, that's sort of looking at the micro of K-State this team. K-State team. Yes, we said that. But not the macro of it yeah. being a tough road game against one of the best coaches in the history of the game that plays everybody's that. sport. And both teams are going to try to shorten the game, so that. the narrow margins are going to be It is a bad there. K-State team. All right, let's take a time up, and when we come back, more Texas OU talk after the break, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. When we start looking at the big picture again, you know, Texas, they're going to be in a good spot. And, you know, it's funny. I think as Texas fans and Oklahoma fans, I think we got spoiled, you know, during the the Mac Brown, Bob Stoops era of the rivalry from the standpoint that those were two coaches that, like, they that that was they really embodied what this game is about just in terms of how they prepared for it, yeah. what they talked about leading up to the game. Like, we were talking about it after the press conference, and this is no disrespect to Tom Herman, but, like, man, I, I kind of miss Mac going in there on, on oh, an yeah. OU Monday talking about what the game means to him and you know he Old coached, he coached it o- he yeah. coached at OU with with Barry Switzer yeah. on the staff and he's seen it from the Texas side and Darrell Royal's perspective and, and yeah and, and I got that actually Mac was on the ticket in Dallas I was listening to the interview on the way up here and that's what he talked about he's like it's one of the great traditions in college yeah. football and it. went on and on and you kind of missed that yeah uh, like you know Tom Herman he'll you know, probably be on game day oh know, yeah he'll tell the story Tom Herman tried to keep everything in perspective and Lincoln Riley didn't even make his press conference this week because he was sick Kel Gunn he had to do the press That's conference. Huge. Oh, wow, that is so, um, yeah, it's just it, that from that standpoint, it's a different feel. But, guys, this feels like what this game should feel like every year when we get to, to OU Monday. It, it's a big-time game. OU's unbeaten. Texas hasn't lost uh, since that Maryland game that we just talked about. But I want to start with looking at the defense, though, Rod. And you talk about Chris Boyd. The one thing I like about the defense is while they are giving up explosive plays, they did against USC, they mm-hmm. did against TCU, and they did against K-State, they're putting themselves in a position to stop them to where if it's a 39 yard pass it's going for 39 yards it's not going for anymore yeah if it's a 20 yard pass it's going for 20 it's not going anymore that's going to be huge to try to make Oklahoma move the ball in as many plays as possible not just three play drives two play drives four play drives and boom touchdowns because that means you're getting smoked on post wheel combos like we saw last year there trust me there's going to be a lot of double moves there's going to be a lot of combination routes Uh, Lincoln Riley is going to throw all that kind of stuff at this Texas secondary I I believe Oklahoma is top 10 in pass plays of 20, 30, 40, and 50 yards. I believe 40 and 50 yards. Are oh, like yeah, they're top, first in everything They're like, in they're passing. like first, I believe, in 40 and 50 yards, the top three, I believe. I mean, it, it, Number it, one but, in passing efficiency, number five in explosivity. So yeah. whatever metric you want, they're whatever top five in the nation. Whatever metric you want, they, yeah, they explosive plays in the passing game, specifically for them, um, downfield. It, that, that is their forte. Their offense is built on it, so they're going to come after. It's going to be a big game for Chris Board and Devontae Davis and P.J. Locke. I, and you know what? They thank God that Kane Stearns. I you know I wanted to move him to nickel initially, but I, my my thing about moving him to nickel is just move him around every game. I'd move him to where I need him most. In this game, you would need him at safety. You know what I mean? Like I want him over yes. the top. Like I, I so I would move if I was a DC, I'd move from from nickel to safety. All right, in this game because I think I want him over the top for those supposed places. Like you said, so the thirty nine yarder stops at thirty nine yards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and with this group, I, I'm 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 a little concerned about Chris Boyd. I think he will. We know. Chris Boyd can cover. We know Chris Boyd can play at a high level. He's just having a little mini crisis of, of, of confidence, I think, right now. I think he can get over that in a week's practice time. I do have faith in that. But they're going to come after Chris Boyd. Even Todd Orlando said it. He said they're going to come after him until he proves that he's not going to fall for the double move. Boom. And they're going to just keep going at him with double moves until he proves that he can be disciplined with his eyes or more disciplined with his eyes. Devontae Davis, he hadn't really proven himself. They're coming after Devontae mm-hmm. Davis, too. 
and come after Chris Boyd. Why would you go after Brandon Jones and Caden Stearns? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? You would not. That would make any sense. Why would I do that when I can go after Chris Boyd, Devontae Davis, and P.J. Locke? Uh, so yeah. that's where they're going in the passing game. And that's why it's really great that the defensive line had their best game ever, well, at least the starting defensive line, had their best game ever versus K-State. Hell of a game for Brecken Hager. Hell of a game for Charles Mendo. I'm talking about the NFL like caliber. Mm-hmm. I play on Sundays back type game. Back-to-back plays. Get you film type game. That yeah. first section <laughs> film when he almost got the taunting, like that was it. The ability to close that space, they were literally eight yards it apart. Was All he did was lunge at him, and he was already down. That's that how long and that guy is. Yeah, that was freakish. The NFL is like, okay, I want that guy on my D line now. So now you got that. Those two guys playing at a high level, they're gonna need it because you got to get pressure on Kyler Murray to keep him from. It was when he tries to go down, feel and take those shots that you can put some pressure on him so the Texas DBs can make plays on the ball. So that symbiotic relationship between them being able to cover those wide receivers somehow, but also the pass rush negating time in the pocket or neutralizing Kyler Murray in the pocket, that's going to be big. That's, I mean, how Todd Orlando does it, how he decides yeah. to do it. And then in the end, how the hell do you stop Kyler Murray for when the play does break down totally yes. with the second leading rusher on the team from just, you know, deciding, oh, he's going to freestyle and improvise and extend the play. Those are you got to solve a lot of different riddles, man, to stop that Lincoln Riley offense. This is where, you know, the injury report for Texas is the thinnest it's been this regular season. Thank God. But, as you would say, Roddy, Nicki Minaj, Kim Kardashian, Kardashian. Size, but yeah. when you look at playing, which they're going to need to play dime, and you look at this dime pack, getting B.J. Foster out of concussion protocol, that could be Big. the difference between a win and a loss, honestly, yeah. because that's basically a guy with defensive back speed and linebacker size by Big 12 standards that you can put close to the line of scrimmage. He's like got a linebacker. As and he many played as, since that hit, basically. As many athletic bodies as you can put in space to defend Kyler Murray, flood the field with speed. Yep. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of dime this week against Oklahoma. No doubt. Yes, you, the lightning package will probably be the base, probably from this point on, actually, in the Big 12, considering you who you play in you already played K State, yeah. You already played K State. That's it. Uh, you're in TC, so you're done. You're, you've been Who cares about Kansas, whatever? They yeah, do. exactly. You're going to be the dime. I, I agree. So I'm, I think this is the game you start, and you're right about BJ Force. You're going to need him. Yeah, and you look at just the skill. You're talking about uh, Murray and just the matchup. At least this uh-huh. is the first time at Texas, because I really think Texas has elite speed on this team and what we saw against TCU. So yeah. that's the one thing that makes me not be just deathly afraid because he's going to butcher any team he faces, but we're one of the better teams of a defense that can do that. Then when you're talking about Boyd, his situation, I just want to ask you as a DB because you rarely are able to jump in and ask like the mentality of a player, but do you think there's any chance that in a game like Kansas State with Boyd's confidence being a better athlete than the opponent, that that can lead you to make mistakes yeah. with your eyes when against Oklahoma and, I mean, Hollywood Brown or Lamb, those dudes, I mean, they're you look at little Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson, they have their own dynamic duo that is as potent of a two-man 50% market share of yeah. the receiver. Those receivers are so damn good athletes that hopefully in this situation maybe Boyd doesn't have that, and hopefully that was the issue. I just yeah yeah, yeah. It, can, it, it can't happen. I think it's because uh, I think I've had some of my worst games against like Iowa State yeah. of the world back in the day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I always had great games and on big stages. So yeah, I think it could be something like that. I think in this game, hopefully you'll see the best of Chris Boyd. He's a you know he's a he's a he's a senior now. I yeah. mean that guy he knows what Texas OU is about. This is it. This is the NFL. You want to put some and you're already leveraging. Your whole defense around him because yeah. he is that good normally it's yeah. just this his performance is, this is the game the NFL scouts want to see they want to see him go up against two dynamic wide receivers so I agree with you I, the thing with Kyler Murray is he hasn't seen speed like Texas and he hasn't seen a defense this good yeah. he hasn't seen athletes on a D-line as good so that's why I think Texas does have a chance because it may just freak him the, out mm-hmm. seeing that kind of speed yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like holy hell he just hasn't been faced it yet that, that's going to be a great he's advantage he's always been superior even at yeah. Allen or high school in we talk about the dime, but I think Todd Orlando's going to have to mix up his list. I think they'll play primarily dime, but I think you're going to want Jeff McCulloch in the game because of his mm-hmm. pass rush ability. And to me, here's just kind of looking at this defensive line. This is a game where you miss Puna Ford. And not that Chris Nelson's been bad because he hasn't been bad. Yeah, he's been pretty good, actually. But where you miss Puna Ford is you miss Puna Ford the disruptor. Chris Nelson's not the disruptor no. Puna Ford was. And this is one of those games where you could think about, and that Puna Ford played really well in the OU game during his career. Mm-hmm. And think about that 2015 game and even at times last year, how much pressure up the gut bothered Baker Mayfield. No quarterback like seeing pressure in their face. No. Puna Ford had a lot to do with that. 
And that's where you're going to miss. So that's why I think two guys you're going to see a lot of in this game, I think you're going to see a lot of Taquan Graham. Graham. I think you're going to see a lot of Marcus Bimage because the difference between those two guys and Brecken Hager and Charles Aminahu, and I'm not knocking Hager and Aminahu as athletes. They, they've proven themselves that they, they're athletes and they can play on this level. But Brecken, but Taquan Graham and Marcus Bimage, they're guys that can handle, they're big enough to handle playing a role of four INs in this three-man front, mm-hmm. but they're fast-twitch guys that can get off blocks and can make splash plays in the backfield. Yeah. That's why I think you're going to continue to see more of them based on their ability to do yeah, that. Yeah, and you'd love to be able to penetrate with just a front at times. Even if you're going to blitz, it still would help. If you can, if you can yeah. do that consistently, then I think Texas has a great chance to win this game. If you can do it at all. And Iowa State, you know, that's kind of what their blueprint, I mean, which yeah. they have uh, kind of popularized in the Big 12 with that front three and then uh, playing that dime and dropping back eight guys. And it worked against Oklahoma. That's probably the best opponent they've played so far in terms mm-hmm. of I comparable think, talent, but it's not comparable. This is the interesting, the most interesting dynamic in this game to me is the Lincoln Riley versus Todd Orlando battle because this is round three for them. Think about it. 2016, Oklahoma versus Houston. Todd Orlando wins that one. Last year, Lincoln Riley wins that one with the late touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield to Mark Andrews. Now it's round three. And what Todd Orlando is going to throw at this Oklahoma offense, what he's going to throw at Kyler Murray, I can't wait to see it, right? Because I've got to be thinking that he's saved a few things. And it's got to be a lot of different things. Um, I think he was called the master of the art of confusion by Clay Hilton, it'll be the zone pressures. It'll be Gary as the spy. Sometimes he'll. Sometimes Brandon Jones will come down and be the spy. When Daffy uses the nickel as it's going to be a lot. He's going to throw a lot of random things at him. And with that speed, hopefully you just shock him. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. On the on the offensive side, I, honestly, I think Texas may actually end up having their biggest advantage with the Texas offense versus their defense. Their defense is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Like it's really really Matt, bad. You got some Historic metrics on bad. how bad this it, OU defense this is. This is as bad as it's been since Bob Stoops took over. I don't think it's ever been this bad since Stoops took over. No, it hasn't. And right? it, yeah. It's sort of funny when you look at the two, it's like the bizarro strategy that, that Texas has employed, and it's basically do the opposite, and it's what George <laughs> Costanza's strategy was the to get women. It's like the only thing I can do to be successful is not do what they're doing. So that's basically what Texas's strategy is against Oklahoma, because Texas very good defensively. Oklahoma 103rd in standard down efficiency. If you're looking at rushing st- efficiency, 88th in the nation, and then if you look against the pass, 103rd against it. Now, they do limit big plays and explosivity, which is the total opposite of Texas. Texas doesn't do that anyway. Exactly. So look at the offense, defense, all the way across the board. It literally is a Costanza game. (laughs) We've talked about the numbers, but the one thing you can always bank on with this game, what it boils down to, (laughs) nine times out of ten, the team that wins the rushing battle, the team that takes care of the football, usually wins the game because I love saying this about this game. It is a Big 12 game. It is the closest thing to an SEC game that the Big 12 has. It is a yep. it is the ultimate line of scrimmage game in this league. And the reason for that is, unlike the rest of the Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma are the two programs that can recruit NFL-type talent along both lines of scrimmage. I agree with mm-hmm. that. Year in and year out. Yep. So they're, it's basically... The best in the league against the best in the league. When you usually it should be anyway. When you talk about offensive line talent going against defensive line talent, so this is. I mean, I, that to me is where. And you look at really it started with Max last year and going through the Charlie years. Texas has been the more physical team in this series, guys. I mean, there was a time where we couldn't say that, but I think unequivocally you can say that since 2013, Texas has been the more physical team in this series. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you about the line of scrimmage thing, but I'm telling you, on the outside, those Oklahoma corners, man. Hmm. When you watched uh, what. Baylor did to him. I know they beat Baylor, but Denzel uh, Mims and Jalen Hurd, I think they both had over 100 yards receiving. Both had a touchdown receiving. Hakeem Butler lit him up. He averaged like 30-some yards a catch, I believe. It was like 34 yards a catch against that Oklahoma Oklahoma defense. I think Texas, big receivers, I think Texas can take some shots, man. They really do. They, they, I don't know why they just keep giving up these chunk yards. I don't think they even care about it either. They score so many points, doesn't matter. Yeah. But that talent is not as comfortable. I mean, they're, I'm sure that Jalen Hurd He's, he's a freak athlete. But mm-hmm. in terms of a combo, Lou Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson, I think Texas may be the biggest, uh, maybe the, I would say the best duo they faced so far out of all those guys they faced. Hakeem Butler's great, but, you know I mean, Lou Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson are bo- both Hakeem Butler skill set worthy, you know what I mean, on that level. Yeah, you know I'm, I'm just saying, and going back to Texas, when we talk about this offense, kind of like against USC and TCU, they don't have to be great running the football. They just have to do it well enough. And, Matt, you talked about the efficiency earlier. 
Mm. They just have to run the ball well enough to keep the playbook open and keep the offense on schedule. No doubt. So let's go ahead and get predictions, man. This is my favorite week of the year. I love going to this game. Rod, I know you're not going to the game. You've got duties. Nah, I'm not going to the game. Yeah, i got to do uh, stuff here. Matt, are you going this year? Nope, no? I'll be here preseason basketball, baby. All right. So I'm oh, right. Brown, preseason, you're, you're getting ready for Matt's busy time of the year. Oh, it's already crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> it's preseason basketball. I love this game, man. I love go walking to the fairgrounds and having OU fans flip me the bird when some realize who <laughs> oh, I am. Oh, man. It's, Last time I was there, an uh, OU lady after the 13 game, I'm just smiling. Not even talking, don't even know, and then she just yells, F you, and flips me <laughs> off in my face, just because Case McCoy beat him. I'll tell you what, man, there's there's very few Nothing places like in it. life better to be than being on the midway at the State Fair after a Texas win over OU, because all the OU fans leave. Like, hey. That's what's great about that game, is the losing fan base, they get the hell out of Dallas. They don't oh, yeah. stay around for the no, fair. No, you don't they leave. That. Yo, nah. You own the city. Or you you've win. been just partying too long. It's time to get home. So the winner goes to spoils, baby. Yeah. As, as I said, the first time I ever went to Texas OU, I'm walking through the parking lot, going to the gate at the fairgrounds, and I see a dude. And this is two hours before kickoff. I see some poor sap just face plant right <laughs> in the parking lot. And I'm like, all right, the Texas OU experience is real after all. And this I already what know what happened about. to that guy. The 11 a.m. Yeah. kickoff, he thought he could stay up all night and be good the morning without going to sleep, and that can't happen. Don't do that if you're going there. Get some sleep. <laughs> yes, as Rod can attest, don't sleep in your car. Don't sleep in the, the car. night before yeah, it takes Might get arrested. It is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will give our predictions for the AT&T Red River Showdown when we come back. So do not go anywhere as we close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances, and it gives you penalty-free access to your savings. Plus, it beats the pants off any 401k or IRA. These are uncertain times, so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security. To get this free report, go to bankonyourself.com right now. That's bankonyourself.com. Bankonyourself.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The Gorgeous Hair Event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. 
So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com this here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college, pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. All right, so <laughs> it's time, time to get predictions, guys. We talked about the line of scrimmage. I, I, Tom Herman's record, we know his record in big games, how he prepares the team for big games. And I'll give a little piece of inside information. In the post-game press conference at K-State, the visiting media room was right next to the visiting locker room. Like, you open a door, you're in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And we could hear Tom Herman tell the team clearly, you came to Texas to win games like next week. Not that it's cool to play in them. You came here to win games like this. I think this team's going to be inspired. I'll wait and give my prediction last, but Matt, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think it's going to be another game that goes under. The last two Texas games gone under. Texas is one and not covered on both of them. This time I think Texas covers close game, but eventually ends up losing 27-24. What is our mm. spread this week? Uh, it's uh, seven, seven and a half yeah, right seven. now. Seven. Yep, over under 60. Yeah. Let's see you, Rod. I like uh, that half if you can get the half. I like it. I mean, I know, Tom Herman's teams are really good as an underdog, so it'll be a good game. I know that. Uh, I, I'm worried about the, the Texas defensive backs giving up big plays in a passing game. That's my real my big concern, and Kyler Murray's dual threat ability. Uh, I, I, think, I think it might be too much for Texas. Uh, I think that they, that they score, you know, around third, man, maybe, maybe 31 points, and maybe Texas – uh, scores about twenty six points, something right. like that. Thirty one twenty six. Score a couple years ago. Yeah, I'll take Oklahoma thirty one twenty six. They don't light Texas up, but too many big plays in the passing game. Going into the season, I said Texas. My bold prediction for the year on the side at Horns twenty four seven was Texas will beat USC and OU. <laughs> and I had a dream back in the spring, and I had this dream every spring that usually lets me know what's going to happen. Last year, I had a dream that Texas was down like fifty five nothing. They I got down it. twenty to nothing, and they came back and lost. I had a dream this year. The Texas won the game. Uh-oh. So for all those things, yes. I'm going with a Texas win 31-30 Ooh, over Oklahoma. from another I like world. It. I Memphis. like it. That is awesome. I like it. Yeah, all right. Like it. If this vision's That's true, beautiful. man, I'm going to love this. If this it's vision's beautiful. true, then everybody's going to be waiting for my dream in the spring to say, hey, hey, what happened to your dream? Did Texas beat OU? Were they up? Are they going to win? That is awesome, man. So, I'll be looking forward to your a, next dream. I wish I had a premonition like that. I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it. And you know, you what? know what? Good I, for you. I just... I'll be That's honest. Amazing. I know I'm supposed to be biased. I don't like Oklahoma. I don't like the state <laughs> of Oklahoma. I don't like that stupid covered wagon they drive onto the field. I don't like the roughnecks shooting off their guns and throwing fruit at people. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. Oh, you still suck. 
Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Always fun, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049-1019-AM1260 on the Horn app and at hornfm.com where you can hear Rod B each and every weekday on the Rodcast from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. And thanks to Matt, you get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts and always get our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horn.